everyone she thought she knew and loved, including her cat, is telling her she's a witch. <laughs> yeah, and all he has to say about it is, um, is can I finish my milk first? And but he's to- him talking like, can I finish my milk first? He's a cat. <laughs> it's just, and all she does is wait. Did the cat just talk? Oh my god! She could. You she, kill the cat. You she, kill the cat. Well, she could run out of the house and be found walking down the freeway, smeared in her own excrement, shaking, <laughs> and you would not blame her. Yeah. Absolutely so horrifying. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three ambitious and (laughs) very optimistic lads review all 163 episodes of everyone's favourite teen witch family sitcom, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, My name is Phil Dean, your host and magical guide through this seven year journey. Thank God it's not really seven years, just seven years in TV. Uh, to my right, as always, from this day forth, will be Chris Evans. I'm good, thank you very much, Mr. Phil Dean. As is the chap to my left, Graham Riley. I'm fine, thank you, Phil. If you want a little bit of revision on this show, or if this was completely before, well, be it after your time, uh, then please check out episode zero, the introduction, where we explain what's what in Westbridge. 163 episodes ahead of us, seven seasons to wade through, one teenage witch. Chaps, are we ready for episode one? I was going. born ready. You were born... I was born ready to watch this show and... Yep, let's let's kick it. So it opens up on the Spellman house and Sabrina is levitating on the strike of her 16th birthday. Hilda and Zelda want to wake her up, but afraid as she has her first day of school tomorrow, so they want to let her sleep. Um, Zelda, who is Beth Broderick, she says, Oh... Our perfect little witch. Uh, so the theme tune instantly kicks in and it takes me back to like, it was, it was one of the, like I said, I don't remember a, a lot of the show. I, I'm no doubt I will do as we progress through it. But that theme tune, as soon as the first came in, I was like, this, I, I know this, this theme tune. A kick-ass theme tune. Very, very, very 90s. Very, very 90s. And sits. I mean, as are the opening titles. Yes. Um, so you've got names flashing on the bottom of the screen and Sabrina is she's changing into different outfits. And in similar fashion, I guess, if it's written by a former um, writer of The Simpsons, where uh, Bart is always writing something different on the blackboard, and at the end, when the family go in the the living room... um, I mean, it's it's like a little sketch and stuff. At the end of, just before the show starts, she wears a different outfit and she'll say something. Yeah, a quip. Yeah, like a little quip and stuff. Uh, I mean, you can always uh, draw similarities between uh, the opening credits of Sabrina constantly changing outfits and trying to find which one she's more comfortable in. And then in this one, it ends with her in a witch's outfit and goes, this is so not me. So So it's sort of a a metaphor for a woman trying to find who she is in this world. Yes, exactly, and that will that will directly relate to um, to a line that she says later in the in the episode, which which we will get to. I'd just like to point out that is my one insightful thing. It's well done, Chris. I know. Keep keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> um, anyway, so the uh, the theme tune starts as Chris um, already said. It finishes with the saying, "This is so not me." Which I'm sorry to say, Sabrina, this is the hard way as a viewer, but you you have got seven seasons ahead of you. This is this is very well and truly you. <laughs> Except you know, obviously, witches we learn just look among us dressing normally. Yeah, uh, you know. So Zelda presents Sabrina with a gift box, which is wrapped in that typical 
American TV show way that no one else wraps gifts in. Yeah. How, how someone has got a gift box, wrapped stuff around it. I mean, this isn't an integral part of the show, but nobody wraps presents like that anymore. <laughs> no, do you want to know why, why they do it I that way? I don't think they ever did. No, do you want to know why they do it that way? Why? So you you don't have the rustling of the paper being torn open of a present, so they just have to open the box, the present's in there, so okay. they're not catching up on the set. Okay, nice. that makes sense. That's a very good way from, from a film sort of standard, but from a logical, this makes sense way. Yeah, from a logical, Can this makes imagine, sense way. Imagine all those people who work on gift boxing floors, or even characters who wrap their own presents, just wrapping dozens and dozens of box lids. Well, they're the kind of presents where, you know, like at a Christmas display in like a department store or something, <laughs> the empty presents that are just like lying around the tree, those are the only uh, times you see those boxes in yeah. real life. So anyway, let's be on point. So out of this comes a black cauldron. Um, cauldron. 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 She says, um, he says, oh, great, a pot. And not the kind of pot a 16-year-old wants to receive. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, definitely not. So, um, so she is, mm. inside it is this cute little uh, black cauldron. Um, so Hilda, um, who's Caroline um, Ray, Ray, we think Ray, um, she blurts out to Sabrina that she is a witch, that both her aunts are and her dad is. Yeah, which well, is interesting. Is until until watching this episode, and I know this is twenty odd years old, but I thought witches were only female. No, witch is man. Yeah. Which 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 is man as well. Yeah, witch is man. Uh, yeah, the uh, term wizard does not exist in this particular no. magical realm. So yeah, so that's that was quite an eye opening uh, for me. It might have been. Um, this might be 20 years behind, but this was very much ahead of its time. Yeah, gender neutral. <laughs> gender neutral witches. Oh, it's very yeah. Very oh. grown up. Touche, Sabrina. Um, Sabrina says, am I mom? Um, and Hilda says, well, I always thought so, which is a bit of a tight burn. So, wow. nice. so that's wow. So that's a very, uh, very recognisable sort of tension between um, between the witches and who we later learn that um, Sabrina's mother is mortal. Yes. So... They clearly don't... Well, they, do you think they have a problem with mortals? I don't think just, they have a problem with them. I think it's just sort of... I think it's more supposed to be because, presumably, Sabrina's father is Hilda and Zelda's yes, brother. Yes, yes. And especially if they are... Maybe they're older than him. Maybe mm. so he's their little brother. They're protective of him. You know, like, it's very common for siblings not to like... Um, like, the boyfriends of, you know, their, their brother or, yeah. or sister. Or so. their friends. Mm. So very strange. So there's definitely some hostility between Sabrina's mother in particular, which which I hope as the show progresses, we find out a bit more about. Yeah, but with with everything, I mean, I don't think there's a single TV show, film, especially of recent years, where it's been about witches or wizards or, mm. and they always have a separate world and never integrate with the uh, the 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 mortal society. No, so it's true. always like a secret society, mm. and they separate themselves. Is it? Is it because they think they are better than them? Do they? Uh, are they afraid of what will happen? I mean, obviously, we go back in time to what the sixteen, seventeen hundreds with the Salem witch trials. I mean, is this something that that could they really exist? They absolutely could, and I mean, um, well, I mean, obviously in Harry Potter, the sort of the whole thing of you know some people are sort of pure-blooded wizards, and some are you know half. Uh, Half muggle, half wizard. Which some, is Sabrina. And some of them have muggle parents, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, but yeah, it's usually the case. It's a very common trope that sort of witches sort of keep to themselves. Yeah. If they exist among us, they do everything to keep sort of the, the truth about their powers under wraps. Yeah. But why? 
don't know. Well, they've got their own world. As, you know, they've got the, the supernatural realm, the other realm in there within their world. They could be heavily exploited and persecuted if they were um, open about their powers. Yeah, very much so. Then again, they're not very subtle with the magic abilities that they do, <laughs> which, um, which yeah, we'll explain one a uh, little bit later on this episode. Um, so after that burn from Hilda, uh, Zelda warns Sabrina, um, you know, that's, you know, just be careful, just go enjoy school, go to school, you know, just live your live your life. And Sabrina heads out. Uh, a cat, Salem, follows her, um, who's uh, voiced by Nick Bakai. And this is when we hear his, uh, his very first uh, line as... This lovely black cat, a real black cat at that, is... Uh, Who has been adorably meowing up to this point. Exactly, he's looking, looking like an actual animal, follows her out, and then he sort of transforms into some grotesque taxidermy and says, you have no idea. Yeah. And that is that puppet is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's reasonably good animatronics. We've seen the credits, he required four puppeteers, four puppeteers to operate yeah. to save him. Um, he's usually sat on some sort of surface, so presumably they can sort of like crouch behind it or underneath it and sort of you know um, do the uh, do the workings. But uh, yeah, he's. I think particularly with his lines in this episode and the fact that Sabrina is hearing him speak for the first time, so he's scared by him speaking. It's it's very very scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> this puppet. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I made a point before, but it's it's not, it's not really valid or comparable, really. But you know, you've got this little animatronic rubbish grotesque uh, hamper bit um, but you know Jurassic Park was released three years early and they made they made fucking dinosaurs appear they can surely there's a company on the cheap who can make a realistic looking cat especially, yeah, no, especially in the late 90s yeah the, the, the clear difference is cat fur dinosaur lizard it's like you know mm. it, it's a lot easier to make a lizard type scaly skin and then hide that with animatronics than it is to make fur yeah but they kind of do avoid, I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think as the series moved on and probably made, started making a lot of money, they did improve the animatronics of Salem. You saw more sort of close-ups of his yeah. face and things. They are sort of trying to sort of hide the sort of ropiness of the puppet. I think, yeah, and um, later on in this episode, they use obviously a real cat a lot and stuff. Obviously, they're not showing its face because obviously cats can't talk if this is news to you. Um but, you know, close-up shots, yeah, it's very, very weird, very, very scary anyway. So anyway, we cut to school, Sabrina's first day back at this um, at this new school, because obviously she's moved in with Hilda and Zelda um, to begin her journey into witchhood. Um, and she locks eyes with floppy-haired 90s hunk. Oof. <laughs> Can we get an oof? <laughs> Big old typical um, 90s bloke. Yeah, Some boy. Harvey, played by Nate Richard. Nate Richard, who um, he... This was his first role. He's the good? only actual teenager in the show um, of, well, not in the entire show, but of, of the uh, four main teenage characters. Mm. He's the only one played by a legit teenager, and he was in his first uh, acting role here. Yeah, he's the only one. He's only one of note. Yes, yeah. but you know, he's very, very, very handsome, very cool, very. As we find out later on, he's very committed to plans. He's very reliable. He's he's, 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 he's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. Which but, is... And and we quickly learn very early on when they lock eyes and then the door opens, he gets hit in the face. So we instantly know he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's a goof. He's a lovable goofball. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he, yeah. He's he's not he's not like a aggressive sort of jock type but he does play football yeah mm. he's sort of a jock with a, with a heart and yeah a it looks like side. if you if you if Sabrina sort of locked eyes with him in a dark alleyway he would come in for a hug and not a a vicious attack kind of 
Well, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> kind of boy you want to take home to mom. Yeah, to exactly. Or the aunts in this case. Um, so she uh, she meets um, Harvey the Foppy-haired 90s hunk and she heads into biology class with uh, Mr. Poole who um, sort of facially and I guess voice-wise you may not recognise him but uh, he's done some some notable work. Yes, because he um, is Paul Feig who um, was the writing partner um, at one stage of uh, Judd Apatow who has gone on to sort of Dominate basically American film comedy um, mm-hmm. in the last uh, fifteen years, uh, but they they'd already written a film together, which Paul Feig actually had a small role in um, at this point. But uh, at the turn of the millennium, they created Freaks and Geeks, which I must confess to having never seen, but I know is very very well regarded as you know one of the better uh, sitcoms of recent times. Um, and um, Paul Feig himself, in uh, recent years, has gone on. Then he did a lot of TV directing. He directed episodes of Parks and Recreation, Thirty Rock, Mad Men. Um, but he uh, made his film directorial debut in the film Spy, uh, which starred Melissa McCarthy, and he worked with her again last year on the uh, controversial Ghostbusters. The controversial uh, Ghostbusters reboot. Yes, yeah. he directed that as well. So um, yeah, so we know a very sort of credible uh, dude um, who plays a very sort of weird character, yeah, Mr. Poole. Um, who's who... sort of the sort of goofy, sort of wisecracking, youngish teacher isn't he uh, yeah. he has a lot of the best lines in this episode oh yeah, yeah hands down. Down. Now, this is a point to raise up um, TV's obsession with making really goofy stupid authority figures in this case a teacher I mean Chris as as a teacher yourself and stuff do does Mr Poole paint a good picture of what if you were a teacher in the 90s would, would he be spot on it's spot on now. <laughs> it's spot yeah. on. Yeah, now. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I, like to be talked about Mr. Paul. He seems like <laughs> seems like seems like a good guy. Yeah, the, the sheer sarcastic nature is the only way you can deal with yeah. teenagers. I can tell you that right now. Kind of, and it works really well because they get confused and you win many arguments because yeah. they don't understand big words because yeah, they're thick. All his jokes go over the kids' heads, which mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's having a joke with us and then on the wiser. Which yeah. Is, uh, yeah. He's got sarcastic humour that can break students. Yes. Very much so. I aspire to that. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of breaking students, he's he's breaking their sort of their minds in this first class. This class, the first day back at school from I assume the, the summer break or yeah. something. But it's a reader's case, her first day at this new her school. First day at this new school. She's already got um, the idea that she's a witch and she's going to spend her first morning uh, dissecting frogs which is quite a heavy talk topic going hey kids I know you've had like uh, 12 weeks off summer but um, yeah let's cut some animals open and yeah let's just you know let's get a bit bloody in here give you some sharp objects see what happens yeah exactly wake you up on your first day back oh definitely yeah. a frog now, um, a very good line that Mr. Poole says. Um, he says um, we're going to be ter- he's going to be dissecting frogs, uh, where you'll find the kidneys, the heart, and my lost youth. Yes, that's <laughs> which is very cutting line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very it makes you wonder. Like, oh, there is there is more to this man than meets the eye. And again, it's it's been difficult having not not knowing terribly. A huge amount about this this show and, and knowing every episode within its seven seasons inside out. But I really hope Mr. Poole is in it through to the end. And... He, he is very sadly only in the first season. Oh no, oh, you ruined it. Paul Fag is a very busy man. Yeah, uh, yeah, he only did the first season. Yeah, but hopefully in future episodes we will um, we'll see and hear a lot more of him. Uh, I know one particular episode um, in the episode three. Um, yeah, he's a bit very very good role in that one. Yes, Christopher. <laughs> Oh, I had to avoid sneezing when Graham was talking. I just really needed to do that. And yeah. I didn't want to do it over when you were talking. So, so to I keep, just... 
Yeah, I mean, for Chris to keep this fast-paced, this podcast, he does need to sniff the odd line of cocaine to, <laughs> <laughs> to keep the pace going. Um, uh, so right, you can do you can do it on tape, off tape. Oh, is that what happens next? Come on, next is next. <laughs> um, so well, as long as we've got that covered, um, exactly. Just, yeah. I'll just next. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we so we yeah after Mr. Poole sort of. Uh, Telling view is that he is a slightly broken man. Uh, we found out that the floppy-haired hunk is Harvey, as we've already said, um, who gets paired up with Libby, who um, has got that. Oh no, of... that wasn't his first choice. He did turn. Oh, he dear. looked at Sabrina and he went, "Do you want to?" And then Libby cuts in and goes, "Harvey, you can be my lab partner." And he and just goes d- there, just yeah. destroyed everything. Yeah. Yeah, he was intercepted by by Libby, played by Jenny Lee Green. Um, again, a, something of an upstart actress, a little older than um, than Nate Richards, but she she really hadn't been in too much um, at this point. Uh, she'd had a bit part in a, another TV movie, which starred Tori Spelling, uh, which was called A Friend to Die For, which was about a uh, yeah, high school girl who murders her friend. Uh, Excellent, so, delightful. Yeah. So, was she playing a bitch in that? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was a very small role. I don't think okay. she was one of the main uh, main people. Well, sorry to ruin it, but yeah, she is. She is a bitch right from the off. Like she, mm-hmm. if if there's ever gratitude for a an actress telling us instantly the audience what her character is all about, it is just living. the way she just the way she looks towards sort of the scene developing between uh, Sabrina and, and Harvey, and it's just like. That has to be me. That has to be me, who the hunk is, uh, who is looking at like that. I, I cannot have have it that this this dorky new girl is, you know, yeah. is getting the uh, admiring glances. It's from, not uh, only from the that. Book. I will I will give credit to the actress playing Libby. I think she's that, very good. Yeah. yeah, that she down to her stance and just her incessant gaze. She pulls off this bitch really well. Yeah, yeah. And so she, and the bitchiness escalates very quickly within over the yeah. next oh, couple of minutes. Very quickly, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, so Sabrina ends up getting paired with Jenny, um, who is, um, as she says, uh, was last year's new girl. So she kind of knows what Sabrina's feeling. So it's yeah. nice that she's got someone instantly she can depend on. So yes, Jenny is played by Michelle Baudouin, who mm-hmm. is a Canadian actress. Um, she'd already been in a uh, teen drama in Canada, and in fact won a award for. Um, Best Young Actress wow. uh, at the Canadian TV Awards. So, and you can tell she is. I think she was a, a not much, but a, a little older than the others. I think she's probably the least convincing teenager <laughs> yeah. um, of um, of the four main uh, four main team characters. But yeah, I think she she plays a very sort of a likable role, as sort of mm. you know, sort of someone who clearly is a little bit of a misfit, a little bit of a goof, but you know, sort of has a good heart. It's the sort of person who would see a new girl like Sabrina and sort of say, hey. I've been there, you know, let's, yeah. let's be friends, I'll help you. Which is clearly displayed in the absolute frizz mess of her hair. Exactly, yes. yeah. Yes, Stacky And sort of the fact that this, this poor frog um, is getting ready to be sliced open, and she goes, I'm going to call him Ted. Ted Paul. So that's Jenny for you. Um, anyway, so <laughs> no, not the worst joke she tells. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least this is a joke. The uh, yes. the next one that she tells a little bit later on is just a string of words in a sentence, yes. uh, which is supposed to be funny. Um, anyway, so talking about this poor little frog, um, Sabine starts waving a finger around, and she brings the amphibian back to life. Dum, <laughs> dum, dum, dum. Uh, which Mr. Pool, um, she brings it back to life, and um, Jenny says to Mr. Pool's like, oh. Oh, Mr. Poole, our, our frog's still kicking. Ted's still alive, yeah, he's still kicking. So Mr. Poole says the very, very good line of 
Mike from Cadaver Shack is going to hear from me. I like the idea of a Cadaver Shack. Just, it just, it makes me happy. Yeah. That, that is such a Simpsons joke. Yeah. You could totally <laughs> imagine Principal Skinner or somebody saying that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I only recently, not from this episode, but actually from another show a couple of weeks back, I only learned what a cadaver was. And if, and if you're in the same boat as me, not sure. It's, it's an old medical term for a, a dead body, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. How, how do you not know I've never, I've never watched anything or seen one I guess <laughs> I've never heard of the word cadaver before really absolutely no one ever I may have learnt it from The Simpsons actually oh. like Dr Nick yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh. so yeah so Mike from Cadaver Shack is going to hear about this and we just <laughs> have this thought that maybe this this could have been the Frasier to Cheers maybe this <laughs> <laughs> the show that yeah Sabrina could have ran for several years yeah very good but maybe Mike's Cadaver Shack <laughs> Yeah. Could have really, so you could have really ran from that. That's something I would, would have very, very much liked to have uh, to <laughs> yeah. have seen. You just imagine just walking into, um, or maybe a, an advert, sort of a an old. Sort oh of yeah, it's like public network TV advert. <laughs> hey, I'm Mike from Mike's Cadaver Shack, and here we go. Here's a big line of freshly Caucasian men. <laughs> we got you small ones, you big ones, you fat ones. <laughs> Say a lens Monday. If it's not gonna pulse, we'll have it in stock. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's Mike's Cadaver Shack, which sadly. <laughs> you never see. <laughs> I mean, you never know in a few episodes. I mean, Mr. Pills will lean it towards the end. Maybe we'll get we'll meet Mike, but um, chances are this is just a throwaway comment. But yeah, very, very good. A very, very clever joke that um, the audience seem the audience studio won't seem to have enjoyed it. But mm. I think we we enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Um, so uh, we cut to the bathroom, and Libby is being a bitch. As yeah. usual, very, oh, very quickly being oh, a bitch again. Oh my. She um, tells Sabrina that she should use the freak's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, ne- never come in here again, never come in this public bathroom well, again. Well, that's, that's after this, this short sort of exchange. If Sabrina wants to wash her hands, because she says, I just want to wash my hands, you know, frog juice, which you can totally understand. You've just got a dead amphibian on your fingers. You well, no, it wasn't a dead amphibian. Briefly dead amphibian. Oh, of course, the yeah. briefly dead amphibian, the, yeah. the reanimated amphibian. I mean, we never saw what happened to that frog. Maybe she stood on it and. Sent it back to Mike. Let's get that Because she had this, this fault. Um, so she just, she just wants to wash her hands. And to which Libby then says, if you stink, I'm not sure it's fair to blame the frog. Mm. Which is a very low, really unnecessarily bitchy comment to make. However, that's not the last word. As Sabrina then, quick as a flash, says, well, at least I don't splash on aftershave to remind me of some boy who dumped me last summer. She's got mind-reading powers. She does. She seems yeah, because to... she, she's like, because Libby's like, how did you know that? And then Sabrina's like, in her mind, he's going like, how did I know that? Yeah. Nobody so, knows. Not already has this day got off to a bad start. She's found out that she's a witch. She's having a bit of a terrible time at school already. She's been bullied, but she's just realised, shit, I can, I can read the minds of my enemies. Sabrina can read minds, so she embarrasses Libby by talking about her wearing her um, ex-boyfriend's aftershave. Mm. And then, um, bear in mind at this point, she's in no control whatsoever of her powers. She's only just learnt she has them. Yeah. Um, she sort of, in her rage, uh, Libby's putting on her lipstick in the mirror, and uh, Sabrina hits her with a, a spell, like involuntarily, which causes her hands to shake uncontrollably. Uh, she smears lipstick all over her face. She essentially is exhibiting the symptoms of Parkinson's <laughs> yeah. disease. And Sabrina just walks away. And obviously she's got no control of this. I just wonder, when did it stop? <laughs> yeah, when, where, did it, where did it stop? Did it yeah. just, I mean... I, mean fact, I, I, know, I know Libby is horrible. I know she's a bitch, but, you know, unfortunately a lot of people are 
dicks in yeah. high school. She, she, she may still grow up into a, into a lovely woman. Um, but Smearing lipstick on her face is the least of her worries right yeah. now. It's this constantly vibrating... Yeah, imagine, imagine the fear. Because we learn later in the episode when she gets transformed into fruit, she doesn't she isn't aware that's happening. She's not like, oh my god, I'm a pineapple, help. So that doesn't cause her that much distress. But here, her hands are shaking control, but she can't stop. As a 16-year-old, what would you think is happening to you? <laughs> it's also worth just, just noting, obviously, if you're listening to this not knowing the uh, the full extent of the ins and outs of each episode, obviously, Graham has uh, sort of revealed a thing that happens later on the episode about her turning into fruit. That will all make sense in case you're wondering, well, hang on, can you go back to what she was? She turned into a pineapple. Well, I'll get to that, don't worry. Um, so, But Libby finishes that by saying, I don't want you, before she starts smearing lipstick on her face, she says, I don't want you coming in here again. You need to use the freak's bathroom now. Not only is a freak's bathroom probably not installed in school, but the fact that she says, I don't want you coming in here again. She doesn't want to coming into a girl's bathroom ever again. So, we've left school now. Sabrina uh, returns home to a crazy aunt and Salem wearing a party hat because they've arranged a little surprise birthday party with just the three of them there. Um, and she receives a big old book from Dad. Doesn't anyone shop at the Gap anymore? No. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody shops from the Gap. No, that's because uh, they stopped because they stopped doing those adverts. The people singing. That's why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not me going. But yeah, so she's received already a uh, little black cauldron, um, and now this big magic book, and she's really not impressed with these. What a ungrateful cow on a birthday. She just wants, I don't know, new clothes, um, shoes, pot, whatever she wants. Instead, she's can I, can I just point out that yeah. the uh, that the wonderful large old spell book was uh, was bedazzled. It was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was bedazzled. So you know it's magic. It yeah. does, yeah. It's very glittery, it's very big, it's got a massive bookmark. You know it's and a very important book. I, I wouldn't say that everything that's bedazzled is, is magic. Let's no. just make that a clip. There are some things in this world that are bedazzled that no. are not magic. Not magic. But in this case... It is, I in this case it's, it's fine. Yeah. And very quickly realised that uh, she goes, she flicks to a page, she's been nicely bookmarked, she says, Oh, he looks like my dad. And he says... Hello, Sabrina. Something like that. With we meet Sabrina's dad for the first time. Good old, uh, good old Eddie, Edward Spellman. Yep. And you, Sabrina, thinks it's a joke, as you would. Yeah. Um, she goes. She says it makes a remark like, "Well, Hallmark have really gone out of these." Yeah, days. but I'd like to point out at this point that it's 1996, and the the idea of a moving image in a book or anything hasn't really come about. Well, you had those sort of um, what are they called? The sort of uh, well. What, what would you think? Even in 1996, if a book started talking to you, you wouldn't think, ah, it's magic. <laughs> yeah. You'd think somehow, some way, something has happened. I mean, she says, yeah, God, Hallmark's technology is pretty good these days, something like that, she says. But I think this very scene here where her father's talking to her and they're like, yeah, your dad's a witch too, we're witches, you're a witch. And she's like, oh my God, no, this is, this is, this is just, you know, just crazy. I don't know what you're trying to do here, but I don't like it. Come on, Salem, let's go upstairs. And he's like, let me finish my cake first. It's absolutely nightmarish. It's very goosebumps, I think. That, that very scene. goosebumps, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've already seen the, the monster cat, and then this is it's returned again. This this horrible, grotesque taxidermy just saying, just speaking to her, and she reacts very 
not quite calmly in regards to TV, but calmly in terms of real life. <laughs> yeah, it was very nonchalant in respect to what had happened. I've woken up in a crazy world. Because it's a sitcom, but yeah, still that scene scarred me. Yeah. I thought it was quite nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so after opening uh, the book, um, they tell us straight about being a witch because they should have done it a lot sooner. So Edward, um, admittedly, is a little bit uh, angry at that. Um, anyway, Dad Edward, um, or Teddy, or however name he wants to be called, Big T, um, talks to her through the book. And she says, all these years, I th- thought you were travelling with the Foreign Service. Now, what kind of job is that? Travelling with the Foreign Service? Yeah. The Foreign Service? What's the, what is the Foreign <laughs> Service? <laughs> if all it needed was a Foreign Service in front of it, a, but no, a this foreign, is travelling oh, with the, the what, what, Foreign what, Service. What Foreign Services are available, Chris? NATO? Nate could be NATO. Could be the French Foreign Legion. Yeah. Uh, could be absolutely. Uh, it could be a Marine. I mean, you know, yeah. travel. You know, uh, the Kurds perhaps doing something mm. over there. Yeah. Could be absolutely. It's just a foreign service. Yeah. The foreign service. Yeah. The the foreign the service. Foreign service. Is, not, is, not just a foreign service. The foreign service. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it could also be um, aid for Africa. Mm. That could be. It could have been something like that. I could hope it, it. I hope it is. To be honest. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, she's that like. Oh my God! You're telling me you're a witch, and and I'm a witch as well. But the more questions I'll be asking is, excuse me, excuse me. Can you just please go back on your word? Like, I want more answers about what exactly he's been doing. And why he gave us such a bullshit excuse. The foreign service. The foreign service. I suppose a teenager wouldn't question it. Oh, no, but, but at the same time, he is technically with the foreign service because he's in the the, the, the other realm. Well, as he says, he says, yeah, it's yeah. Just, just very, very foreign. Yeah. So I would like to know what he does there. Do they have which lawyers or which um, architects, which librarians, things do they... You'd imagine so, but what we see of the other realm, it just seems to be a floating nothing. So. <laughs> floating nothing. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so she's um, she's obviously uh, hearing this from Daddy straight from his mouth, um, and she then says, "Oh, and I bet, I bet, Mom isn't really digging up fossils in Peru. So she's an archaeologist. That's quite a wacky job, um, and she wants to live with her. However, this is when Eddie drops the the." The bombshell. She can't... It's very... Just listen. Just listen to this sentence. She says... Um, Eddie says, there are rules in place. She can't live with her mother for the next two years. Obviously, so I assume since unlocking her witch powers. She can't see her. See her. Not even live with See her within the next two years. Or she'll turn into a ball of wax. A ball... A ball, not even as you said, Chris. Not even like a wax work. No, a ball. She doesn't of just wax. freeze. She would, I guess, presumably turn into a wax work of herself, and then be grinded and crushed down well, to I, this I was perfect thinking, little ball. I was just thinking like earwax, like just a giant ball of earwax. Oh, wow, that's even worse. Yeah. yeah. But why Look, wax? Why wax? Why wax? Why not uh, turned into a, a toad or a cat or a witch's familiar or a broomstick or it or a witch's hat? Any of the I mean, following witch related items? I but even, no, a ball of wax. I think it'd be even better if he, if he just said, you know, I, you can't look at your mum, otherwise she'll she'll die. <laughs> at least, I, 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 at least I, I, that makes sense to a weird like, you know, it's still unexplainable I, why I, I think looking was... at her mother will kill her, but still. And I'd accept more than going, oh, I can't live with my mum because she will die, rather than she will turn into a giant ball of wax. Seriously, if she turned into a giant ball of wax. Oh, hang on, hang on a tick, chaps. You, you're saying giant. He didn't say giant. No, he didn't. It's oh, a ball of wax. It's like, okay, if a human gets turned into a ball of wax, is that a human-sized ball of wax? Or is it like a, a, 
a palm size yeah, yeah, of yeah, wax. Yeah, it might fall out your ear. Fall out your ear, yeah, great, yeah. convinced, yeah. Maybe, because obviously it's over the next two years, like when she's 18, when she's sort of assumed sort of full sort of maturity and control of her powers, then she can see her family, mm. seems to be the rule. So perhaps after those two years, maybe she could turn wax ball back into mum, I don't know. Maybe, but, yeah. um, I don't know. But very, very particularly weird. But this isn't the the end of, of her discussing her mother. Um, so we, we find out that her parents are actually divorced. Mm. And she said, and because um, Eddie says these rules are in place, um, he will turn, uh, she will turn her mother into a ball of wax and that's what these rules are in place to stop, which is our mortals getting married. Obviously it's taboo, it's, it's clear. So they, so that's why Sabrina is a, is a halfie, I think was the term that yeah, you, uh, you used. Yeah, I said halfie. A halfie. Um, so that that's why those rules are in place. So somehow they got round it. Um, I don't know quite how it works. But she says, is this the reason why you and mom got divorced? No. And she says, oh, well, um, is there a chance of you and mum getting back together? And he goes, no. So he must have really fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Someone's fucked up. And maybe because we've seen Edward first, maybe because he is this witch, we're thinking, yeah, yeah, better mum was a slag, yeah. Well, you're thinking that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I don't know if you're going to move on to this, but can we? I'd like to move on to the fact that Earlier in the episode, we find out that Hilda and Zelda are 600 years old. And oh, obviously, yes, Ed's yes, brother... This is, okay, this, Ed, this is a crucial part of discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Ed is is their brother. So, in theory, say he's either... Say he's 100 years older or 100 years younger. You know, just that's how it works. I don't know. So, he's either five, he's five to 700 years old. And he has had a relationship, got married to... We're going to assume a 26, 26, 20 year old woman. A yeah, mortal, mortal woman. Mortal yeah. woman. With a normal lifespan. With a normal lifespan. Yeah. And then had a kid who is now 16. Mm-hmm. Question. Yeah. Is that okay? Or is that not okay? <laughs> yeah. And could old Eddie, the old dog, the old dog, have many, many. Like that character in the Twilight Zone have married multiple women, watched mm-hmm. them die as he did not age yeah, yeah. over the years, and maybe his children. I mean, we, we don't know, because obviously the show isn't going to run for 600 years. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it only ran for seven. <laughs> we don't know Sabrina's lifespan. We yeah. don't know, you know, is she now going to live hundreds of years like her aunts and her father? Or because she is half mortal, will she have a mortal lifespan? Mm-hmm. He could have had children who have lived entire lives and died. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, it's like, is. How fucked up is that? Very weird when you when you a lot of unanswered questions. I yeah, was and I I feel like we're not going to get the answers. No, I, well, I feel like we don't get the answers at all. It mainly exists so Hilda and Zelda can make jokes about being around in like the medieval times. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty much it. Like, <laughs> I make really snidey comments about a mum going, yeah, but she can't make rabbits come out of hats and things. Yeah, it's just I I don't I mean technically. Well, no, it's not, but it is, but it's not. It's a weird... It's... It's... it's that, yeah, and that's a problem. And um, also, just generally, sort of, the in terms of the physical ageing process, I mean, you know, Edward and Hilda and Zelda all look in their sort of, like, 40-ish or maybe, like, mid to late 30s, so... At some point, you must cease to age. Mm. Yeah, physically. But it's not like you stay looking, you know, say like 16 is when you become a witch. You don't stay looking 16 forever. No. No. Yeah. So do, do you stay looking 16 until you're like 21 and then you look 21? Or yeah. is it yeah. like... I mean, 
how, how when you when you get your witch's license, I guess, do you say, um, you know, at what age would you like to stop getting old? And you say, yeah. is it thirty two, and then hit thirty two, and, and that's, that's it, it. You stay like yeah. that. Is it specified how long they live? Maybe it's just that Hilda and Zelda are going to be around. And Eddie are going to be around for like, over a thousand years, so really, being 600 years old is the equivalent to your 30s, and they just sort of age yeah. super slow. You yeah. don't know. You don't um, know. I have no idea. I mean, one thing we were just talking about, um, sort of the, the complexion and the, the age and of, uh, the attractiveness of, of, like, say, Eddie being this 35-year-old hunk who's possibly yeah. um, been with many, many old people. Um, one thing I do remember about the show is, again, I couldn't remember particularly all the characters or any episodes, but I did remember being very attracted as a young kid to Hilda. I thought Hilda's a very attractive yes, I mean, woman. Um, Hilda, who is uh, played uh, by Caroline Ray, um, she was a stand-up comedian in the in the 80s. Yes. Um, part of the same sort of New York um, stand-up scene as a young Chris Rock and a younger Louis C.K. Mm. Uh, she moved to uh, Hollywood in the 90s. She'd had, had a starring role in a sitcom a little before this alongside Jeremy Piven of um, oh. Entourage and Mr. Selfridge fame. Um, meanwhile, um, her uh, partner in crime, Beth Broderick, who played Zelda, she really had not done much at all before this. Um, like she really had only had bit part roles in like you know just a few uh, films and TV shows. Um, most notable thing about her I could find was that she had a small role in Bonfire of the Vanities, which was directed by Brian De Palma, who did the Scarface, and they had a onset romance which lasted a year. But. Oh. Dating a top director didn't help her career much no, because she didn't really do anything. Did, no. However, she began in the acting business in the 80s in lesbian porn. Excellent. Well, that is very... Um, what? Chris, yes. Chris is, but Chris was, was, uh, I was just nodding like, off. Yeah, I was nodding off a bit. What? Can we just backtrack a second? He was like, facts now, I'm off. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done. Back in. Hilda... No, not Hilda. No, Hilda. Zelda. No, Zelda. Zelda. Early 1980s, young young lady trying to get into the biz. I mean, she's, and, she's still a very attractive woman. She's, she's an attractive woman. <laughs> I don't know any sitcoms of today. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't like Jenny Jameson or anything. You know, right. like, I think it was just you know, just when you're struggling and you're especially yeah. back then, you're struggling. You're sort of exactly. a good, good-looking young lady or man, then you might do a bit of porn to, yeah. to you know pay the bills. But anyway, um, going, going, going back, yeah, to, okay. going back to Sabrina. One thing I'd like to know is, well, I hope really is the fact that uh, Edward and her mom um, are not together. I hope it's hope it's because of some legitimate reason. It's not just going. I need someone younger. Like. No, no, the legitimate reason is the fact that he knows that he's going to keep a, uh, not ageing and she's going to age and maybe, he's going to watch maybe her Maybe he's not told her it's only for two years that he's going to turn her into a ball of wax. Maybe he's just like, no, nah, babe, no, nah, sorry, no, nah, I can't come around for a ball of wax, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's got dating other people and she's like, oh, I really I really miss you. And he's just like, sorry, babe, yeah, ball of wax, you know, you know, that'll that'll I, 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 I really don't trust Eddie. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll explore him, obviously, in uh, the later seasons as he plays an integral part in, uh, obviously, Sabrina's growing up. She is now been instructed that she's like she's going to start learning her basic magic so as always um with most basic things the first thing she needs to do is uh transform fruit yes okay yeah naturally that's clearly the first thing that you the do the first thing you need to the most yeah. important thing a witch needs to do is turn fruit into other fruiters you know, that's, that's an incredibly handy skill similar to how uh in little nicky where he changes uh <laughs> this coke tastes like pepsi yeah it's almost like drinks into something else and um, so it's very sort of similar to that, but she's got to. She's been tasked with um, changing an orange. Uh, an orange into an apple. 
uh, just by pointing at it, just by mere pointing. Because you point at it, of course it doesn't turn into an apple because it's it's um, it's a first go. It turns into a pineapple. And this is where the pineapple starts to link in yes. from before. We've so she got, turns yeah. this orange into a pineapple and she's like, a pineapple? Yeah, that's very close. If anything, that's fucking more impressive than that. You, <laughs> this, is just, this is just a boring green fruit with a few pips in it. This is A pineapple is a very complex, very sort of tropical... Delicious. Um, yeah, and if it, if you're following Harry Potter rules, transfiguring something into a bigger object takes more effort and skill. Yeah. And pineapples are a lot bigger than apples. It's, better, so, it's more uh, impressive, yeah. isn't it? But anyway, um, they try and try, and they end up with a room full of pineapples. Room full of pineapples. Yeah. Um, so obviously, so um, at the moment, as in terms of witching goes, she can just turn fruit into other fruit. No, no, she can turn anything into a pineapple. Yeah, she's, yeah, <laughs> she can turn else. any piece of fruit into a pineapple. It can't. You, she can't do orange into an apple. She can't do a pear into an orange. Everything is into a pineapple. Yeah, yeah. So it's the next day, and the family are eating shitloads of pineapple, as you'd expect. Obviously, shitloads of pineapple to go around. Um, it's then revealed that witches uh, can't change time because um, Sabrina is saying like uh, everyone's going, "Oh, you're going to be late for school," and she's like, "Oh no, it's all right. I'll take my time. You know, I can't just turn back time." Uh, much like Cher. Um, or Superman. And or Superman. Aqua. Or Aqua. And the witches and uh, Hilda says... Not Aquaman. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Hilda says, says, um, she says, oh no, you can't do that, it's in the rules. Witches can't turn back time or get rid of cellulite, which is a very sort of handy Again, thing. a really weird thing to say. A really weird thing. Yeah, yeah very it's like a concern are... of, of middle-aged women, though. Yeah, but not, not Sabrina. Not Sabrina. Yeah, it's, no, it's not just... Sabrina, but Hilda and Zelda who've mysteriously stopped and... ageing at 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but what sort of rules are those? Oh, yeah, we, you can't turn back time, you can't get rid of cellulite. Also, you know what? You can't steer a car. It just doesn't make sense. Well, it, it's just, I mean, all dimensions in the first scene, like, wait till she finds out you still get zits when you're 600. Like, your physical appearance, you cannot permanently alter, it mm. seems. Like, you will you will still... You will gradually die. You will gradually die, you will feel pain, you know, you, you can't make yourself immortal mm. and, you know, like, blemishless by, uh, by being a witch. Anyway, so we cut back to school, as uh, Sabrina's then rushed off to school. Um, and Jenny, this is when she tells that joke, which isn't a joke, she's a string of words together. Um, fooled. I mean, the joke is on us. We're led to believe that this is a well, joke. Let's, mate, mate, let's, mate. let's tell this joke together now. I, okay. I, I, I've got it. I've got it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Brad. Brad who? Brad Pitt. What other Brad is there worth mentioning? And then scene ends. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I mean, we later find out that the reason for this Play it plays a crucial part towards the end of the episode. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't. though. No, that's what I'm saying. The, the the fact that there is a joke. Obviously, I'm bending my fingers for this. It's a joke. Um, no, it could have been any joke. It could have it been, could have been a, been a, a, joke. a joke. Such as two peanuts walking down the street. <laughs> one was assaulted. <laughs> I mean, that's not a joke because that makes me wonder what's what happened to the other peanut. <laughs> Like, did he do the? Did he, did he do the assault? One was dry roasted, the other was assaulted. All right, one was yeah. If it was one was roasted, one was assaulted. That, <laughs> that's Pe- peanut town is a rough place. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's like a peanut concentration camp, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, so I'm just saying that's a joke. That is that is a joke. I mean, it, we still picks it apart, but that's that's a joke that makes sense. This maybe, is maybe, just... maybe people maybe people just told jokes at his expense. Maybe he was roasted in that way. But, <laughs> yeah. um... but so she tells this joke. So again, just to reiterate, so it's not not who's there, 
Brad. Brad who? Brad Pitt. Is there any other Brad worth mentioning? I mean, not that I've met, but I'm fairly sure there's a few other Brads. Uh, Brad. Brad. Um... Ah, see? See? <laughs> right. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. That's all I can think of. Um, Bradley Wiggins. Bradley Wiggins. Yeah. In 1995, he was nobody. He was probably high school, wasn't he? Um, but um, yeah. I, so, I want to say Brad. Brad Kruger? Is there a Brad no, Kruger? No, it's Chad Kroger. <laughs> That's Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Chad? Chad who? Chad Kroger is the Chad worth mentioning. That's a joke. Because <laughs> the fact is, there are so many Chads worth mentioning, except for Chad Kroger. Um, see, so that... It's just... <laughs> This is just—it's just a maybe, maybe, maybe in the, the 2002 series. You do have that joke, but, um. yeah, maybe. Maybe um, Jenny just returns for you know. I think goes. Uh, Bradley Walsh. Bradley, yeah, Bradley Walsh. Yeah, Bradley Walsh was already a, a something in, a, in the mid nineties. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm, I'm sure Sabrina's got. I'm sure Sabrina's got a Bradley Walsh poster on her. I'm sure, she's a great of Wheel of Fortune, but, um, yeah, but um, you know, and it's just like that. It's this is just a string of words put together. Made to fool us into thinking it's a joke, and it just literally like it does very vaguely play a part in, towards the end of the episode. But that she, like, that, she could have said anything that was even remotely funny, and that is just that is just fucking garbage. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so default scene, scene ends. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing. She tells this joke. Scene ends, and to much sort of oh, the uh, wilderness uh, of the audience. And then of course there was the obligatory um, swipe. Yeah, yeah, just oh, ninety yeah. swipe going. It's kind of in a way that, yeah, that was a joke. Yeah, forget it now. Just, <laughs> that was a scene. It finished. On to the next one. So onto this next one. Um, she's leaving a class and she's not done very well on a pop quiz, it seems. Um, and she then turns around in the corridor and she gets hit in the face with a football. An um, American football. An American football. Yeah. And uh, Libby walks past and calls her a freak out of nowhere um, and tells her that um, maybe she should start living in... Uh, this world and not our own, you know, yeah. just just needlessly bitchy comments. Um, so of course, so we instantly hate her. Uh, but then she's sat down for lunch with Jenny, uh, and again Harvey comes. Oh, bit of eye candy. A bit of eye candy because he comes to sit down. She, the, the both girls do a little smile, and he asks very politely because he seems very quickly, so a very lovely. a very sweet guy. This might not be he might be dead behind the eyes, but he's a very very sweet yeah. lad. And he just asks. Can I sit here? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, sure. He then apologises for throwing the ball, and we're like, oh, Of course it was Harvey. He is a jock. Of course he's the one out of all the kids in the school that was him that threw the ball. But he's a, he's a, he's a jock, but he's, yeah, he's a jock with a heart, a jock with manners. A jock with manners. Can that, I sit here? That's everyone. Can I just want to, I just, that is where this all falls apart for me. Teenagers having manners. It just, the, the entire thing just falls apart for me because it's so unrealistic. So you don't enjoy the show because it's not realistic enough for the teenagers that you are aware of. Yes. So, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You should know what I'm going to say here. Turn that yeah. shit off. Yeah, it's straight up. T- teenager does that school shooter in the making. But, uh, <laughs> Please and thank you. Yeah, it all falls apart for me. Excellent. Magical spells, perfectly fine with that. Perfectly fine with spells, not enough. There's manners. only there's only so much I can suspend my disbelief. Nonetheless, against against all sort of um, preconceived notions of teenagers, Harvey very nicely asks to sit down, mm-hmm. um, and uh, well, Sabrina comments on it, going, "Oh, you have a really good arm." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, thanks," you know. And then they have a very strange uh, conversation about. Um, Jenny's mailbox, which isn't a euphemism. It's um, not at all, though. <laughs> Even though he says it's funny looking, and yeah, you're the you're the girl with the funny looking mailbox. He says, which we 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 later find out. We're assuming we never actually find out. It's in the shape of a pig. 
because the people who used to own the house before her family were called Hog. A Hog. So they mm. inherited a weird mailbox. And then he says, my mailbox is boring. I um, only just put letters in it. Oh, poor oh, Harpy in his, his, his um, simple ways. Unappealing <laughs> yeah. mailbox. <laughs> um, but of course, um, Libby then comes over to spoil any sort of fun as they're talking about mailboxes. And she says um, that she's, she's, uh, she goes to Harvey and goes, Harvey, I'm having a party on Saturday night. You're coming, right? And he's like, yeah, I, I ain't got anything planned. Yeah. Um, and she goes, great, because all the cool kids are coming. Then stares at Sabrina and goes, isn't that's it? That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. We, we established you are not cool. You were a freak. Yeah. You can't use my bathroom, and you can't come to my yeah. party. She then <clears throat> tips her drink onto Sabrina's breasts, and Sabrina. <laughs> it, 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 it was on the left bosom. It wasn't over both breasts. It was no, it's a very, very small patch. As yeah, was, very was, small as patch. As spillages go. Yeah, yeah. Not it, really that big yeah, it was, um, it was, it was barely anything, and it was just the left bosom. Yeah. yeah. So she spills it on her left bosom, as we've established, and um, and they're very rude, and everyone's just shocked. And then Sabrina stands up, and she's furious. She's there. She's outraged. Going, she's going like, "Oh, you know, you fucking bitch!" And she's not really, but yeah. Um, and you know, she's pointing at her, and and then out of nowhere. Wind starts swirling, papers start flying, and teenagers everywhere are scared and shitless. Some fat kid is losing his fucking mind. <laughs> He's at the back going, fuck! And, and, and obviously their, their response to a indoor tornado is to get under the tables. Yeah. Not to run out of the room. You might get picked up in the tornado. You need to find cover. But there isn't um, a tornado, there's just wind. There's just wind. Just pay, just pay, wind. Just and, and just because that one guy lost his shit, yes, everyone. everyone into this massive you panic. You might get a paper cut. But um, um, there's around. Libby disappears, Jenny gets up and goes, where's Libby? And um, and Sabrina says, like, oh, I don't know, don't know where she's gone. And she just picks up off the floor a pineapple. And we're like, oh, wow, she, she turned she turn, into a pineapple. Yeah. So not only can she turn fruit into a pineapple, she can turn people into a pineapple which as well. Is a, which is already, might still be a first lesson. She might have to um, sort of hone her craft, but still, that's a scary magic she ability turns to turn a human into a pineapple. <laughs> so she takes the pineapple home where this... But, but again, I'm going for the, why a pineapple? Surely it's, it's like a familiar it's all broomstick. Can... Oh, I don't, I don't know. But that's all she knows how to do. Um, so, so she goes home, uh, and we interrupt Hilda and Zelda in the middle of the smartest joke in the show. Yeah, very and good. The first of uh, a few jokes uh, which we'll talk about over the course of the series, where the, I mean, it could be editing, it might be edited out, but I don't know why the studio audience does not cotton on no. to the joke that's being made at all. And it's a very, very clever joke. Like, like honestly, there is silence. They yes. say this joke, and it's not just... It, it's a stupid joke, but it's its very clever. It's a very good joke. Because um, it, it's its a really a, such a throwaway joke, throwaway comment. You know, they're, they're just there, again, with more pineapple, having pineapple upside-down cake. Obviously, it's a minute that they've still got shitloads of pineapple, and shitloads of uses for it. Um, and Zelda's reading a pamphlet saying, oh, wow, MIT are hosting the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. It's either at eight or ten. <laughs> Silence. We laughed. Rapturous applause in the room when we were. We laughed oh, yeah. heartily. Yeah. That, that is a very, just, very good joke. Technically it was, it was, a sound joke. Yes. Yeah. Technically a sound joke. It was funny. It was delivered well. And nothing. Nothing. And what makes the joke so good, though, is, is the fact that... It's got nothing. It's not related to anything in the show. It's a joke that has been written. Yes. To put in this episode, it's not related 
to anything. It's been written and it's gone, yeah, give that in. That's good. That's a nice little uh, line for Beth Broderick. And it's gone to waste on the audience over yeah. their heads. But yeah, very, very funny again, on our part. Sort of, again, sort of like, it's kind of throwaway joke that you'd have in The Simpsons, which you'd probably only catch on like the fourth watch or something. Yeah. You know, it's a similar sort of thing. But yeah, bloody, bloody funny. Um, so Sabrina bursts in with Libby the Pineapple, as she is now. Um, Hilda says she can fix this and is about to fucking cut her up into chunks. She grabs the pineapple, she takes it over to the... I got this. I've got it. Takes it over to what can only be described as a chopping block. Yeah. Picks up, which is just there, by the way, just hanging next to this chopping block, a butcher's knife. A big fucking meat not, cleaver. Yeah, a meat cleaver. Nothing you've never cut a pineapple with. Not a knife, a meat Nothing you cleaver. should cut anything in your home with, <laughs> no. apart, apart from a body. Yeah, it was. It looks so... Something it's, like a cadaver shack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, is there to mutilate. On it. it is there to mutilate... Bodies. That's yeah. all it's there for. Hilda, we learn, is just generally a bit unhinged. Zelda's sort of very kindly and sort of, you know, easygoing. Hilda's she's very, she's very more motherly. She, she's yeah. very like, mm, there H- are rules, don't H- break Hilda them. Is, Hilda is wild. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, Hilda's about to uh, mutilate Pineapple Libby, and <laughs> then Zelda's like, no, come on. And she uh, performs a spell, and the we slowed this down. The pineapple gradually expands until it takes the shape of Libby, like, sort of like curled into a ball on the chopping block yeah um, these are really really good effects yeah. for 1996 how this really good not even that for, ter- for convincingly turning a pineapple into a human that's, yeah. that's just what it would you imagine it would look yeah, like yeah, yeah to yeah. see a pineapple expand in size and gradually morph into a teenage girl it looks perfect like it's it's you can, can't really see the joins it's always yeah. flawless but just so. just before she does turn into this pineapple though um, you know after Hilda's about to just butcher her up um, with no hint of remorse or like second thought on it no she's just going to cut her up um, Zelda says there is another way she puts the pineapple on the table and says the magic words that um, are so catchy and so uh, so creatively written the popular girl is not a fruit yeah <laughs> that's it that's spells in the show aren't you know, you've not got the sort of like the cool like Latin derived like Harry Potter stuff. You've not got the the rhymes that you often yeah. get. They literally are just very literal. This is going to happen now. Boom! It happens. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, take off your pants. <laughs> just, um, oh my god! <laughs> oh fuck! That was my Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just got these good magic fingers. Um, oh, so. Uh, <laughs> So Libby is has been unpineappled, which is a, a word we're using, um, and she's just like, oh shit, what the fuck am I? And um, Tabina says like, oh, you came for a visit. And she goes, oh no, I wouldn't do that. Wait till everyone at school hears about you, you freak. And she leaves. And Sabrina, being a typical teenager, she's like, oh, oh um, it's over. My life is over. And during uh, Libby describes her time as a pineapple, which oh, she yes. has no memory of. She just says, I was somewhere that was small and smelled like Hawaii. Which is very, 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 very good. Very, very uh, and was it at this point that, that Hilda turns around and says, well, if we did it my way, she'd be on a cocktail stick. Yeah, it's like, so, so sadistic. So, mm. I mean, it, it technically, is that cannibalism? I mean... But yeah, probably did agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She might yeah. not be eating her in meat's form, but she was definitely a human before she turned into a pineapple. Yeah, it's, that's a... She's it's a, a cannibal. Fight. She's awful. Jesus. Yeah, okay, again, Libby is horrible, but again, she really didn't deserve it. No, not at all. And she was very nearly killed. <laughs> she was very, very nearly killed 
Yeah, with by, a butcher's knife by, 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 by this character that we're supposed that we're supposed to find charming and witty. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So as I say, um, yeah, Libby runs off, and um, Sabrina's just like, oh no, my life is over, over. Um, you know, and uh, Zelda tries to comfort her by saying, you know, oh, no one's going to believe it. She's just some girl with a crazy story. So Sabrina, unfortunately, says she's a cheerleader. Nobody has more credibility. Which bullshit. No, it's no. It's in the high school high. In, in, in yeah. American high school law, the uh, the football players and the cheerleaders are the ultimate authority on everything. Yeah. Um, so if she says Sabrina and a freaky family try to eat me as a pineapple, they'd be like, "Oh, get out, Sabrina!" You know. Yeah. Um, so which is a shame. So Sabrina says, "Can't I just turn back time and stop all this?" Um, I know you said it can't be done, and Hilda and Zelda say, "Oh well, not by one person, but collectively." it can be appealed for and that's when she makes the first mention of the witches council um said like well you can go and visit the witches council and they will they will listen to your appeal and they may may be able to reverse time and it says unfortunately it's 10,000 light years away but handy upstairs there is a can i just can i just you can just 10,000 light years away yeah sinking space Mm -hmm. why a witch is in space. <laughs> that's that's a very good point. If, I didn't even think about. <laughs> it, it, to me, it, you've got the 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 this round. You've got the other round. Rounds are like side by side mirrors. Or on t- on, t- yeah, on top. Like of yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not space. on another freaking planet, which also has blue sky. So that also indicates that witches have created some form of space travel. That is so fast, you're there in literally a flash. Literally in a a thunder strike. Yeah. We didn't need witches in space, but we're not going to think about it particularly, unfortunately. Witches in space! And that is my point. Yes. Yes. Very good point, Chris. It's it's another realm. It's not in space. It's It's not in space, so you're getting very angry about it. Just just take a few breaths. You could go go to the witches' council, but so she um, she must appeal to the head of the council who's called Drell and she's been told to be weary of his mole um, which I didn't I didn't notice so maybe that's that's the guy he hasn't got a mole on his forehead forehead. but um, Drell um, him having a mole isn't the only cool thing about him Um, he is motherfucking Pen Gillette who is a personal friend of the creator and once called her one of the funniest women on earth yeah based on this episode He's got a case. Yeah, um, no. So Penn and and obviously Psychic Teller from obviously Penn and Teller fame um, are two members of the Witch Council, as is cultural icon and blondie front woman Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. So yes. Debbie Harry and Penn and Teller are forming the Witch Council. Maybe they are the Witch Council for the whole duration of the show. But we'll find out. Maybe they get replaced by other cultural icons that like Chris Angel or something that comes in or um, I don't know. Yes. Who else was... Paul Daniels. Paul Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Can you imagine? I'm very much looking forward to who would stay there? Would Debbie Harry stay there or she'd be replaced by. Uh, it would she... be Paul Daniels, Sooty and Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. Just, just I, I want to turn back time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and John Virgo, he, he's a wizard with a oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Down, definitely. Yes. So um, yeah, she goes to appeal to uh, to Pendulette, and he uh, denies. He says, uh, "I'm not not letting you turn back time. It's a stupid reason." Um, so Sabrina is disappointed. Obviously, she's talking to Salem. 
um, about her appeal. And Salem explains that they weren't very lenient with him as he was sentenced to living a hundred years as a cat. And this is the first glimpse we get of Salem being a character because he's otherwise he just says a couple of little lines yeah. and not really effort-wise, just he's just just says a couple of lines. But this is the first glimpse we get into the real character of Salem. He's not just a cat who can talk. He is, um, as we reveal, he is a witch. Uh, or was once a witch who was sentenced to live a hundred years as a cat and the reason for this is because he not only wanted world domination he attempted it he attempted it as he wanted to be the uh did you say the fair the, firm but fair yeah something like the the, the um, something like the powerful but just emperor of the world. emperor of earth yeah that's yeah. what he wanted to be emperor of earth and he seems to be a bit down, like yeah, well, yeah. And then he sends it to me because I can't just go around killing people, which is a bit, a bit weird. Um, Again, sort of character, quite a lot of darkness to him. Um, and, and but then you feel an instant amount of sort of sympathy then for Salem, as um, he says, um, he can't. He's a cat, you know. He did wrong. He sends us a cat. But the things he misses most, he says, he misses dancing. He misses playing squash. And this is quite upsetting. He says, and this, and the sound of his can opener is the only thing that makes him feel truly alive. Which uh, almost paints him like an alcoholic. Like, yeah. you know, like oh, oh. tuna is his tuna is his yeah his, his crack. Yeah, yeah. tuna is his crack. That's yeah. That's that's yeah. Kind of sad. I kind of almost didn't need to. But yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you try world domination. You get sentenced to a hundred years as as a cat. Of course, the only thing that's going to bring you any happiness is hearing that tuna being opened. Yeah, I guess, but I guess, but yeah, it gave, gave you quite a lot to contemplate about, sort of, you know, the the, the torment mm. that Salem lives every day of his life in. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not just a wacky sidekick; he's a, he's a tortured soul. Yeah, yeah but um, I, I'm I'm just saying the the last time that I'm aware that someone tried world domination was was Hitler. <laughs> yes, um, so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, and in comparison, sentenced to 100 years as a cat, or death, which would you choose? I think Hitler is a cat. <laughs> I, I, I um, think Hitler is a cat as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Donald Trump's cat. That's, that's where he got all the ideas from. That's right. what's on his head! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we learn a lot about sort of a little, a little bit, but it delivers a lot about Salem and, and the sort of character he is. So, um, so instantly it gives him more credibility as a character. He's not just this wacky, you know, it's like um, in, in animated sitcoms, such like you know, Family Guy and American Dad. He is sort of quite similar to Stewie Griffin in a way, in that you know he is sort of you know this guy could conquer the world, but unfortunately he's this sort of cute, powerless, like, you know, sort yeah, he's, he's, of domestic creature. And if so it wasn't for no this body holding him down, that's yeah. it, he could be a terror. Yeah. So um, hopefully uh, by the time Sabrina's finished, which gets to the end of its run, it doesn't, it ends on a nice note, it doesn't end in going, just hear a ding, and Salem's like, oh, that's my time. Because <laughs> 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 it kills everybody. Because yeah, you don't know how long he's been a cat, he could have been a cat for, you know, like... 93 years? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of season seven, just this little microwave ding goes off, yeah. and he goes, turns into this. I am the glory of Iron <laughs> Now where was I? Oh yes. <laughs> now where was I? Uh, I believe I was in the Congo. Let's go back there. Yeah. And, he, then he, and he goes, oh, did it again. <laughs> turns back into a cat. So yeah. So we've got high hopes for the end of the show. Anyway, so the next day, Sabrina reluctantly goes back to school. She's convinced by Zelda and Hilda to just, you know what, just. It's school. It's going to be tough. But who, who cares if 
this girl is trying to ostracise you. Just oh, go before to that though, her request is denied by the council. Oh, of course, yes. However, Hilda has a plan, and we learn that she is has had some sort of romantic involvement with. She, um, he they were engaged. Oh, he left her at the altar. He yeah. left her, didn't he? At the altar. No, no, no. She left him. Oh, she left him at the yeah, altar. No, she, no, no, no. Other way around. No. Is it was other it? way around? Yeah, he, yeah, he left her. Yeah, Trell. This is the the um, Trell, yeah. pendulum, the head of the um, the witches' council. Left her at the altar. And um, so she ventures into the cupboard, into the... Um, I believe it's the linen closet. The, the, the linen closet, closet into the witch's realm, into the council chamber. It's 10,000 light years away. And 10,000 light years, we don't see her um, there. We only hear Trell's protests as she seemingly pulls him by the mole. That pulls him by until, the mole. Until he agrees to grant the request to turn time back. She mole-ests him. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, she just, he just goes, oh, Hilda, nice to see you here. Oh, oh, no, not my mole. And it's like, but so, I mean, Chris, it's, uh, to the listeners at home, you, you are equipped with a mole. Yeah, I am equipped with <laughs> a mole, yes. Equipped with, a, with an arsenal of moles. Now, arsenal, I would say <laughs> arsenal. <laughs> You're equipped with arsenals. Um, <laughs> but, if if I were to try and grab you by a mole, yes. Does that which mole would you like? <laughs> which, yeah. which, which mole would you prefer? Or yeah. Or uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't say to anyone I know, grab me by the mole. <laughs> um, but for instance, this mole, yeah. uh, you can't, people can't. can't I know. See. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to say where the mole is. I mean, come on. It's on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this mole, yeah. uh, you can't grab, but this mole, you can. His neck. So there you go. So some moles can be grabbed, others can't. What we don't know, I mean, you know, he seems to be screaming in protest. Maybe he likes it. Maybe. Maybe he gets off on it. Maybe that's why he um, says, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Maybe that's what S and M stands for, sex and moles. Yeah, just, just, just keep, just, just, just keep pulling. Now. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll turn back to him. Fine, yeah, well, yeah. Just... Uh, I think, I think I'm gonna have to be the voice of reason here. We've. We've gone off track. Let's <laughs> let's get back to it. So so ultimately, yeah, Hilda goes in, attacks him on the mole, and um, it is then next in this uh, in this next particular scene when Sabrina goes back to school that uh, we learn that indeed time has been reversed. So we get the terrible Brad Pitt joke again. We get Harvey throwing the football again. This time Sabrina knows it's coming, so she catches it. She catches it rather delightfully, delighted in herself to catch it, and, and then, then she throws it on the hold. Floor. Uh, she aces the pop quiz as well, mm-hmm. and they're sat down at lunch again, and Harvey comes over and asks, in a polite way, again. which is still unbelievable, can I sit here? And this time, Rob, before Libby gets a chance to uh, jump in and uh, invite him to the party, Sabrina interrupts the riveting uh, letterbox uh, conversation and invites uh, Harvey to join her and Jenny uh, going to the movies. Yeah. And so by the time Livy turns up and says, Harvey, do you want to come to my party? He's like, oh, sorry, I've got plans. Which is really nice as, as this lad who is this jock. I mean, from the off, you've realised that Harvey is, is not all there. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, a very, all, he's, a very, he's not all there. But, no, he's know. a bit naive, he's a bit silly. He's, yeah, he, he's not like an obnoxious... Like, sort he of, gets you know, like, hit yeah. in the face by a door. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah he is he's somewhere... He has the, the build and the good looks of a jock, but he has the clumsiness and sort of, you know, gar-shucksness of a nerd. Yeah, um, and he... <laughs> and when Libby asks him about the party, he goes like, mm, I've got plans, which means, like, normally for... You know, most teenagers would be like, yeah, I'm ditching going to the movies to go and get drunk at a party and stuff. But he's like, no, I've committed to these two young women. I've only just met. I'm going to go to yeah, the movies I with them. And he does. What a lovely, lovely guy. And uh, then rather than the drink being spilled on Sabrina's left bosom, 
she magically waves her finger and it explodes on Libby's face. Which is, and everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's laughing. That's fucking terrifying. Like, <laughs> the, the drink spins on an axis which is inhumane and then just goes <laughs> in her face. And everyone's just like, <laughs> I like how you did that, Sabrina. Not questioning the fact that you did that without touching it. But nonetheless, Sabrina comes home. She's had a, had a, a nice day. Yeah. Um, she's, well, she's thrilled by the end of it. Has obviously time is reversed, yeah. and she had a much better day for it. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, like in the space of let's not forget, a little over twenty minutes, we have watched this uh, young lady have her entire life turned upside down. You know, sort of learn these terrible things about how she can't see her mother and that her father is in another realm. She can only talk to him through a book. Um, her aunts are six hundred years old. One of them is willing to murder one of her classmates. Yep. Um, her cat can talk and wanted to dominate and, the world yeah, once tried to conquer the world all this information which you know being 16 starting a new school was just a unbelievably hard thing anyway and on top of it all she's had to digest all this new absurd information and to see her just come home and be like I'm going to the movies with my new friend and the boy I like just normal nice teenage things it was quite a relief. I yeah. felt really happy for yeah, her. But, but can we just say, that all happens, and then she states, I'm going to go and tell the cat. Yeah, well... Well, it, it, it's nice, because it's like, hey, you know, this, this, yeah, everything turned out well, but shit's still weird. I'm yeah. going to go and talk to the cat, and there's a nice scene with her in Salem. Um, Salem fills up her uh, milk jug. No, no, she fills, well, she fills, she up fills up her milk it. Jug. Because um, Salem reminds she's like, oh, I could do with a drink. And Salem reminds her that... Um, so, like, you're a witch. You can just get milk. So she goes in the book, which happens to be on the next page, and goes, oh, magic milk, and just fills up this... I mean, it's, the possibilities are endless for the amount of spells for mundane tasks that you're too yes. lazy to do yourself. But, yeah, lo and behold, she makes uh, so magic milk. everything turns out well. Her and Salem are sharing the milk. She's got, in, in effect, three new friends, because she knows Salem can talk. Yeah. And she's got Harvey and Jenny. So things are looking up for, uh, for old Sabrina after a crazy... Crazy few days. Yeah, that brings to end our first episode. I think that I really enjoyed it. It sort of sets the scene very well for what's to come. I mean, mm. each each of the regular characters shows enough about who they are that you get an idea of who they are. I think all the characters you're supposed to like are likable. I think Libby is just just awful. Um, <laughs> she's, she's a horrible young woman. But nonetheless, she does go. She does have some pretty horrendous things happen to her, which basically nobody deserves, at least if you're a teenage girl who's just a bit bitchy. Yeah, I mean, um, fair enough. She she was just calling Sabrina all sorts of names and being really, really rude to her. But yeah, she still, at the end of the day, didn't deserve to be turned into a pineapple. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 sort of, it's very smartly written. There's some jokes which are... And I don't mean this in like the sort of, you know, sort of crude or anything, but some jokes which are sort of a bit sort of a cut above what you'd normally get <clears throat> on a show um, aimed at sort of, you know, pre-teens, teenagers. Um, and I think you can straight away see why this show, rather than the many, many others that are around at the time, mm-hmm. became such a hit because it does have sort of cross-generational appeal. It has sort of... A very sort of inventive premise and very strong characters. Yeah. What about you, Chris? How do you feel about the for it, for it being a show to set up? Where I mean, obviously, back in when this show started, it well, didn't necessarily know it was going to run for seven seasons and stuff. But as a, as a pilot, how strong do you think it it was for a for a family sitcom anyway? <clears throat> it sets up a relative 
uh, it sets up the premise, it gives you an introduction to every single character, we get a bit of a backstory, we understand them, they each have their own little things that they need to do, we understand that the ant's position, we learn so much information, probably too much information, but it's done in sort of throwaway lines as well, because the whole ball of wax things, Sabrina doesn't really question that. Yeah. It just, oh, she gets turned into a ball of wax. Oh, okay, okay. I, I get Yeah, you. I, I get, get that. But uh, as a total, I think it, it served it served its purpose. It's yeah, right. I, but let's not forget, it's still it's still not perfect. Well, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't think anything can be. And uh, to be honest, even if I mean, we'll we'll see what we sort of think of this uh, show as it goes along. But um, I mean, pilot episodes are very rarely the greatest episode of a show because mm. they are themselves. You know, the the writers, actors, everybody involved are sort of, you know, sort of figuring out what works and what doesn't. On this yeah, show. but at the same time, these guys had the uh, the basis of the TV movie to yeah. go off, so it had a stronger foothold. Yeah, I think that's probably why it's an above average uh, pilot, because they already had sort of the, um, the TV movie, well, the, the fan base, because it was already a comic and there was a TV movie, but also, you know, just some... They changed a lot from the TV movie, mm. they probably sort of looked at that and said that worked, that didn't work, and um, I don't, I mean, well probably look at the TV movie and the other ones they made at some point but I remember it being a bit more sort of straight laced and buttoned down the TV yeah. movie from what, from what I can recall but all in all a very very good very strong pilot that um, introduces to everyone that we that we need to know about in equal fairness and stuff and I think I think a very good strong pilot for a show which we know is good and you know I assume it's only going to get better and you know I for one chance very excited for this 162 episodes we have left Thank you very much for listening from me, Phil. Uh, Christopher, thank you very much. I bid you adieu. And uh, thank you very much to Graham Riley. Kitos. Farewell. However you choose to listen to this show, whether it be via Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud or iTunes, if you could be so kind, please leave us a comment and a review. Your support and inspiration will give the show meaning. Otherwise, we're just broadcasting to no one. And that's just sad. Also, why not subscribe? Then as soon as every episode hits the air, you'll get it downloaded straight away. How easy and, dare I say, magical is that? If you head to our Twitter page, at SabrinaWatch, you'll find links to each of our episodes, as well as quotes, pics and skits of our favourite moments as the series progresses. Whichever realm you're from, thank you once again for listening, and I hope you tune back in next week.